Well, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of the Chris Carpenter Show. Um, I'm recording before the text. Uh, <laughs> Let's start that again. I am recording before the tech game this evening. I'm going to give you kind of my uh, predictions and thoughts about tonight's game. My plan is to come back later on tonight with a uh, tech NC State recap show. Um, so watch your podcast feed for that as well. But um, we're going to talk tech. We're going to talk Chiefs. Cover your ears. We're going to talk about the Cowboys. <laughs> and then I've got listener questions. And then we've got the Chris Carpenter tip of the week. So let's jump right into it. Um, Texas Tech's got a pretty stiff test tonight um, taking on NC State in Raleigh. Um, for those of you that don't know what channel and everything, it's going to be 6 p.m. Central Time, be on ESPN2. This is going to be a really good test for this Texas Tech football team. And it's a really good, I think it's going to be a really good indicator of what they're going to do in Big 12 play. Um, NC State, the rankings I saw, I think they were number 14, 16, kind of in that range. Um, obviously a very talented team. You know, I've said this before in past podcast episodes. Um, NC State is has been considered a dark horse um, f- contender for the ACC title and certainly could be a dark horse contender for the playoff depending on what else happens. So I think this is going to be a really good test for NC State. Or for NC, well, hopefully it's a good test for NC State. I think this is going to be a really good test for Texas Tech. And I think we're going to have a really good indication of, of kind of how the rest of this year is going to go. Now, here's what I mean by that. Um, if Tech loses tonight, I don't think the season's over. I don't think it's going to portend that, oh, they're going to just completely be awful in the Big 12. But I, um, I think it's going to be – I think a lot of it will depend on how they lose um, – you know, if they just get the doors blown off of them, that's not good. If if they're battling and battling, and you know, NC State ends up winning in the end, you know, that I think that looks a little bit better. And no, I'm not, I'm not going to come on here and say, oh, it was a moral victory, because I, I don't necessarily believe in that either. But you know, this is this is a program that's in a rebuilding stage. Um, let's let's be very realistic here. You know, Joey McGuire is coming into a program that has had major issues, not just in the Matt Wells era, but going back to the Cliff Kingsbury era. And really, it was honestly on shaky ground under Tommy Tuberville, too. Um, so you've had, you've had a lot of, of, st- of issues in this football program for a very long time. And I think now you have um, – I think you finally have I've brought in the right guy. I'm, I'm still very – Certainly sold on Joey McGuire, um, but it you know rebuilding a football program takes time. Um, it actually, you know, I think it takes a lot longer to rebuild a football program than any other um, sport. And you know, I would remind Tech fans, basketball was pretty awful for a long time, and you know, you were able to hire Tubby Smith back in in the uh, 2013, beginning of the 2013-2014 season. And it took him three years to get Texas Tech um, to the NCAA tournament. And, you know, since then they've, 
you know, they, they're a, um, they're a constant NCAA tournament team. I mean, the program has, has reached new heights, but you know, it took, it took them a very long time uh, to get there. So, um, you know, in my preseason predictions, I said I think this t- this Texas Tech team can get themselves to a six and six, maybe seven and five if something breaks. You know, but you know they're not they're not at a point yet where they can break through to be in that kind of top half of the Big Twelve. I think they can get there, but um, not this season. This is one of the games that I'm looking at that if you want to get a bubble a bubble up, but beyond that six and six line. This is a game you could steal, maybe, and uh, um, get yourself to seven and five. Um, but there are some things that that I'm going to definitely be keeping an eye on this week with this team. Um, certainly, defense was was last week an aberration. I don't think it was. Um, you know, Tim DeRuiter is an extremely solid defensive coordinator, and I think that he is. He's programming the right uh, type of defensive plays, and so I think Texas Tech can have some really solid defensive stops tonight. NC State's not this offensive juggernaut either. Um, in fact, I think you can. I would go out on a limb and say Houston probably offensively is a more offensive-minded team than NC State. So you know, I think the defense can. Can make some plays tonight. I think you've got to get. I think you've got to get more takeaways than you've been getting. You didn't have any against Murray State. You had one against Houston. Um, so I think you've got to you've got to win the turnover battle, and you've got to get more takeaways. That would be my one uh, critique of the defense so far. Is they haven't gotten um, as many takeaways as I think that they need to get. Now on the flip side of that. Offense has to take advantage when you get takeaways. You know, the one turnover last week that Houston that Houston gave you, offense didn't score anything. And to win games, you've gotta at you've gotta score points off turnovers. Take advantage of that. But I mean if you if you can build if you've got a solid defense, you know, I think you're gonna have a chance. Um obviously offense is gonna be uh, another thing to keep an eye on. Um, you know, offense did enough to win last week, um, but they there were stretches that they looked pretty bad. Um, you know, I I, I I don't I'm I'm gonna try not to harp on the offensive line too much right now because I feel like that's all I do. But you know, certainly that's gonna be something to keep an eye on. Um, you know, can Donovan Smith limit some of the mistakes? You know, he good Donovan Smith. We saw that at the end of Houston. Um, and, and and in stretches too in the Houston game, but you also saw a lot of bad Donovan Smith making some ill-advised throws, things like that that and and that led to some turnovers. And so, hopefully, we see more good Donovan Smith and less bad Donovan Smith. Um, you've got playmakers, you know. You've got I think you've got some really good solid receivers. Uh, I think your your two-headed running back attack of Taj Brooks, Sir Roderick Thompson. They're quality. It's just getting them the ball and, and getting them the ability to, um, you know, stack up those yards. So uh, I personally think Tech is probably going to lose tonight. What I don't want to see is I don't want to see a complete no-show like we saw last year against Texas and TCU. Um, you know, this is this is a moment where, you, you know, you've got an opportunity – 
to, I think, take the next step in rebuilding this program, and and that is putting a quality effort on the road and putting some pieces together. I still think I still think they're just not gonna. I don't think they're there yet where they can break through and win 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 this game. But you know, I I don't want to see a no show game. I don't want to see them just come out and just completely flat and get flattened. Um, I. I don't anticipate that happening, but that would be probably the number one disappointment to me is if they come out and it's a no-show. If they lose tonight, like I said, my college football prediction show, I th- I predicted they probably were going to lose this game. There's nothing in the to me that indicates that um, I should change my mind on that. Yes, I know NC State struggled with East Carolina a couple weeks ago and they haven't been as impressive. I just, I think where the two programs are at right now, I think NC state probably gets this win. Um, hopefully, hopefully I'm wrong. Um, you know, and I do think it's going to be a close game. The, the, the line is 10, uh, tech is a 10 point underdog. I think, I think tech can, uh, you know, beat that spread. I think that's the term beat the spread there. Um, and you know, I, I, I could definitely see maybe a late game score by NC State gets them the win here. Um, you know, it's this is going to be an interesting stretch with with Tech um, next few weeks. Could be a struggle because you've got Texas next week. Who knows what they're going to look like with their quarterback situation? Kansas State. Um, you know, I said said they were going to be a dark horse contender for the Big Twelve. They are, they've got a great shot of of finishing in that top two. Um, they have looked fantastic the last uh, the first few weeks of this season, and you've got to go up to Manhattan. That's going to be a tough tough draw. And then you've got to go to Stillwater the next week. You know, Tech's front front half of the Big Twelve schedule is rough. I you know, and I said that in the preview show. I think the good news is the back half is a little bit more manageable. But I think you have opportunities to show that this program is headed in the right direction. And so that's kind of what I'm going to be looking for tonight is. Are they headed in the right direction? So should be an entertaining game, hopefully. So um, other games that are that are going on. Obviously, uh, Oklahoma blew out Nebraska. Um, you know, Nebraska is just a mess, and you know, it is shocking how far that football program has fallen. You know, this was a perennial blue blood college football powerhouse pretty much from the 70s all the way to the early 2000s and and they are they're a, I mean they're a bottom feeder in the Big 10 now and I think two big mistakes that they made number number one mistake was was firing Frank Solich you know Frank Solich had I think it was like an 8 and 4 season or you know something like that and they fired him they brought in Bill Callahan that was an absolute disaster and they've not been the same since. You know, they had a few good years with uh, Bo Pelini, but then they fired him too after I think like an eight and four season. So I think Nebraska's made some bad coaching decisions, but I ultimately think the worst decision that they made for this football program to be relevant was going to the Big Ten. Um, yeah, they're making lots and lots of money right now. 
good for them. They're making a ton of money, but your programs top to bottom are cellar dwellers in the Big Ten. Um, I I truly believe if Nebraska had stayed in the Big 12, and yes, I know they wanted to get away from Texas. Don't we all? And, you know, (laughs) I get that. But you kind of cut your nose off despite your face there because I don't see a path where Nebraska can become a powerhouse in the Big Ten. You know, the Big Ten West at this point is the easier division because you don't have Ohio State in there and Michigan. But guess who's coming to the Big Ten West in a couple years? USC. And that's going to make that division a lot harder and you know Nebraska you're you're just not it's not working and i really truly believe if they had stayed in the big 12 you know 10 years ago or now it's 12 years ago i think they would have contended multiple multiple seasons for the big 12 title i think they would have been someone that could get themselves to the big 12 championship game um on a pretty regular basis and you know, now that I just, I don't see the pathway and it's going to be very interesting to see, um, who their next coach is going to be. It, it sounds like that they are really eyeing some big 12 coaches and, um, you know, Matt Campbell, uh, Lance Leopold, Chris Kleiman are the three that I see. My question though, like with Matt Campbell, you know, he's had multiple offers for other places, uh, USC, I think, certainly interviewed him. Um, I think there were reports LSU interviewed him. And he didn't go anywhere. He stayed. Is Nebraska really that much better of a job right now in 2022 than Iowa State? I don't think it is. You have a better shot of winning a conference at Iowa State right now than you do at Nebraska. Um. So it's it's gonna it's gonna be a money whip, I think, to get Matt Campbell. That he's gonna take a look and say, maybe I've I've done all I can at Iowa State. Maybe I need to get out of here before I become put on the hot seat. I don't know. Um, you know, Lance Leopold, I could see that that obviously I think Nebraska's a better job than Kansas, but it's not uh, the distance isn't as much as it used to be with uh, Nebraska and Kansas level wise on football. Um, you know, and I don't think the fan base is going to be real enthused about them going out and hiring at the Kansas head coach. Um, you know, Chris Kleiman, I think would be an interesting, interesting one too. Um, you know, I think he's finally getting it going at Kansas state and that's unfortunate if you're a tech fan, um, cause you know, the, <laughs> you're going to have to go to Manhattan in a few weeks, but you know, I think Chris Kleiman's finally getting it going. I'd. Is he going to want to jump off and go, go to go to the frying pan of Nebraska? I mean, this is, you know, Kleiman stayed at North Dakota State for a very long time until Kansas State came calling, and so um, it's going to be interesting to see. And then you've got the big, you know, you have the Urban Meyer um, elephant in the room. <laughs> I would not go there, Nebraska, if I were you. I don't. I think that would end in a pretty horrific disaster for you um I think Matt Roll would be a good option you know I I don't think Matt Roll is going to last beyond this year with Carolina and you know Matt Roll I mean he built he he had to come in and rebuild Baylor after the whole Art Bryles fiasco 
And I mean, he did obviously did a bang up job. I mean, he got them, got them into, um, you know, the New Year's six bowls. I don't think they got to the big 12 championship under him or they may have uh, one year and then lost to Oklahoma. But I mean, I mean, bottom line, you know, Matt rule had to come in and he had um, a pretty bad situation at Baylor and built them up to a contender and to a very strong uh, contender. So, I mean, that would be someone I would, I would certainly uh, keep an eye on. Um, but you know, it'll be interesting to see uh, who Nebraska goes with, but you know, they need to realize you're not the Nebraska of the seventies, eighties, nineties, early two thousands anymore. You're not going to be this destination job where you can, you know, call, you know, Nick Saban or Kirby Smart and say, "Hey, come on, up, come on to Nebraska." You, you know, you're, you're a, I think at best right now, middle of the road Big Ten team, um, and you know, your coaching net's going to be a lot smaller than than you think it's going to be, Nebraska. So, um, UTSA Texas are playing uh, later on today. That I think that's going to be a really fun game. Um, you know, Jeff Trailer, I think, gave Houston all they got against um, against them a couple weeks ago, and then they went to overtime against Army. Um, Texas, their quarterback situation is very dicey right now. So I think that could be a very interesting game. It, I think it's either going to be a, a statement game for Texas that, hey, we're, we're okay. We're, I'm not going to say Texas is back, but, hey, we're – we're okay. We've, we've got this figured out, uh, even though we've got quarterback issues or, you know, I think this could be an opportunity for UTSA to pull off an upset there. Um, A&M Miami, another interesting one, you know, A&M looked pretty terrible last week again against Appalachian state and really didn't look that good two weeks ago against Sam Houston state. And, you know, Miami's coming in here, uh, coming into college station ranked, um, does, you know, does, do they have this figured out uh, at Miami? I don't know. But that that should be an interesting game to keep an eye on. Um, you know, it's not a Big 12 team right now, but next next year will be BYU-Oregon. I think that's going to be a very interesting game. You know, the schedule, if they if they can get past Oregon, which I think they can beat them. Oregon looked horrible um, a couple weeks ago against Georgia, and BYU has looked very strong. And you know, I was extremely impressed by BYU last week against Baylor. I mean, that's that's a quality team that you beat BYU. Um, and you know, BYU's got a path to get themselves an undefeated season. And then, depending on how everything else goes, could get themselves into the playoff. I think a lot of things will have to break. But um, you know, I think you get past Oregon. You know, you've you've got a good chance BYU because you've got you've got two more uh, big games on your schedule with um, Arkansas, and there's another game that they have. Notre, oh, they're playing Notre Dame. Well, yeah, I mean, even if Notre Dame's losing to Marshall, the sports media pundits would be impressed by that. So um, this BYU-Oregon game could be, a, could be a really interesting breakthrough game for BYU and really set them up in a good position to maybe make a run, uh, certainly at a New Year's Six Bowl, but – potentially uh, into the playoff, depending on how everything else breaks. So interesting things in college football, certainly. Um, football's been great so far. I mean, it's been a great season thus far. Big 12 has, I think, looked extremely good overall. Um, you know, West Virginia's the exception <laughs> to the rule. 
Um, but yeah, Kansas has been impressive, and that's another game today. You know, Kansas playing Houston. Um, I think that's a, as a Tech fan, it's going to be interesting to see. Number one, how does Houston look? I'm hoping Houston looks good because I want that win last week to not be uh, not be downgraded. But you know, Kansas, are they going to be better than than we think they are? I, I still I still think they're going to end up last place in the Big Twelve. Um, you know, maybe they can get one more conference win. You know, they still got Texas on the schedule, <laughs> but um, I think that's going to be an interesting. That can be an, that could be a very intriguing game. Um, as a tech fan to kind of keep an eye on. So other college football news this week, um, you had a little bit of uh, ratings released um, from the last couple weeks, and it was not good news for the Pac-12. Um, specifically, last week's BYU-Baylor game, which was in that time slot that is occupied normally by that Pac-12 after dark um, game, did... I mean, it outperformed the you know the Pac-12 after dark games since I think it was like 2016. It was the highest rated um, ESPN broadcast in that time slot. And again, I think to me that's that's a death knell for the Pac-12 as it looks. And you're, I still think you're going to see some Pac-12 teams bolt um, to the Big 12, but. Yeah, I mean, and it was a great game. Uh, that was a really fun game to watch last week with BYU and Baylor. I think that could be a really fun rivalry when BYU gets into the Big 12. So, um, but again, and you, and you go back and look at the ratings with uh, UCF. They played on a Friday against Louisville. The ratings were were outperforming um, previous schools' ratings on Friday. So I, I think the bottom line is, the narrative that a lot of the Pac-12 uh, defenders, John Wilner, Stuart Mandel, about that are that I continue to try to hammer home that, well, the Pac-12 is is the more valuable conference, is the better rated conference of the Big Twelve. The 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 TV numbers don't lie. You know, even Texas Tech's game against Houston. Um, and it was on Fox Sports 1, which historically, ratings-wise, you don't get a lot of eyeballs on Fox Sports 1. Um, did very, very impressive numbers last weekend. You know, I think the bottom line is the Big 12 is going to be fine when Texas and Oklahoma bolt, which, I, which um, another big news item this week seems to indicate is going to be after this year. Um, the news that I'm talking about is the SEC told Georgia and Tennessee that you need to go ahead and reschedule your non-conference games against Oklahoma. You need to find other opponents, and I to me that indicates. And and I'm I'm not surprised, and I'm also glad that this is the direction we're heading in. That this is kind of the last hurrah, hurrah with Texas and Oklahoma. You've got the four teams coming in next year, and I think you could start fresh. And I think that's a good thing. Um, this this idea of having a four year lame duck period where you've got Texas and Oklahoma in the conference, but we already know they're leaving. It just, it, I don't think it was ever going to be tenable and ever going to be a good situation. And I think. The quicker you get them out, the better, and I think you can kind of set course um, into your new beginnings if you're the Big 12. Um, 
with with your with your new conference. And and you know you're at twelve right now. Could you be at uh, more numbers? Who knows? We'll have to kind of keep an eye on that. So let's talk a little bit of NFL football. We're we're gonna talk the good first, and then the bad and the ugly. We'll talk afterwards. Let's talk. Let's talk about the Chiefs. Chiefs are two and zero. They are. Uh, it's been a wild and wooly since I last uh, podcasted. Um, Chiefs have won two games since then, and two very different types of wins, but two very impressive wins. You know, last Sunday they they I mean they just romped uh, the Cardinals, and Patrick Mahomes didn't look like he's missed a beat, and the defense gave the Cardinals fits. Now, was that more about the Cardinals or more about the Chiefs? I think it was a little bit of both. I think the Chiefs are better on defense. Um, and I I said this in my NFL preview, the Cardinals, uh, I think it's just going to be a, a pretty rough season for Cliff Kingsbury. And I, I don't I don't see him lasting another season after this, which is unfortunate. In some ways, it's unfortunate. Um, but I mean, he's getting paid well and you know, he'll find, he will find an offensive coordinator position somewhere in the NFL. Um, I I think for sure, but you know, it's, it's dysfunction there in Arizona. And then the chiefs come back Thursday night and on a short week, they end up playing the chargers. Great game. I mean, it was a fantastic game to watch. Justin Herbert is a great player. It's it's going to be fun the next few years. This Chargers Chiefs duel. Um, I think these two teams are going to be duking it out for the AFC West for several years to come. So Raiders Broncos. Sorry about your luck, but um, it all and it all came down to the ninety nine yard pick six from Dixon. And what a what a way to win a game. Um, but. To me, the Chiefs proved that they can win those close games. You know, Patrick Mahomes had his struggles on Thursday, but they figured out a way to to win and very impressive victory. I hope Justin Herbert um, is okay. I think he's got some ribs issue, bruised cartilage or something. Um, I hope he is okay because he's a heck of a player. And and like I said, I think that I think the Chargers and the Chiefs they're going to be dueling for the AFC West championship for years to come and possibly the AFC championship for years to come. Um, let's get to the, Oh, before I get to the bad and ugly, let's talk a little bit about the Amazon prime, uh, presentation. I heard there were some complaints of buffering, things like that. I didn't have any of those issues myself. Um, I thought the broadcast was great. Um, Al Michaels, Kirk, Kirk, Kirk Herbstreet. I thought they did a great job. Camera angles were good. Um, again, you know, this is the future. And, you know, if you're a tech fan, you need to be prepared because I, I think there is a very high, high chance you're going, I mean, we're already on ESPN plus, but I think there's a very high chance that in this next big 12 television negotiation, you're going to see an Amazon or an Apple TV. I'm hoping it's Amazon because I don't have Apple TV and I don't have to pay for it, but I will if tech's on there. Uh, But I think you'll see one of those streaming services win um, some rights to Big 12 um, games. So you should be prepared. But I thought overall it was a good presentation um, and everything. All right, so... Let's talk bad and ugly, and I, I have to apologize to Cowboys fans because I feel like in my NFL prediction show, 
I may be responsible for some of what is taking place because I predicted the Cowboys were going to win the NFC East, get to the playoffs. Um, Now, I'm going to defend myself a little bit. Looking at the schedule and looking at what I saw of the NFC East on paper, it looked like, yeah, you know, I know this Cowboys team's got issues, but you got the Jaguars, you got the Texans, you've got the Giants, you've got the Commanders on your schedule. And I wasn't really sold on Philly, and I'm really not still sold on them either, by the way. So I thought, yeah, you know, the Cowboys could get themselves, you know, eight, nine wins, kind of saddle into the playoffs. Um, no, it ain't going to happen. Let's just (laughs) – that Sunday night game was – I mean, and this is even before Dak got hurt. They looked awful. That offense looked – I mean, it, it. that offense made Iowa's offense look like the Mike Leach air raid. And if you know anything about Iowa's offense right now, then you know what I'm saying. Um, it's a mess. And Dak's going to be gone. You know, Jerry Jones seems to think he's going to be back in like four weeks or whatever. I, I don't believe that. And I don't think that's a good idea. The best option that I think the Cowboys have, they need to just tank. They need to tank the season, get themselves a high draft pick, and start rebuilding this team. This business of just being like 500 for the last 20-something years, it's not getting you better. You're just, I mean, you're just doing the same thing over and over and over again. And you're giving fans false hope. You're not giving me false hope because I, I am, I'm now content with, I'm probably never going to see another Cowboys Super Bowl win again. And if I get it, it's going to be a fantastic bonus. Um, certainly, I don't think we're going to see another Cowboys Super Bowl win again as long as the Jones family owns the team. Because I don't think they're committed to having success. They're committed to making money off all these poor saps that just love the Cowboys no matter what. And they got the pretty artwork in the in the stadium. And they got their official crypto of the Cowboys. They don't care about winning. I mean, what in the last 30 years makes you indicate that they care about winning? You know? And, you know, I'm hearing, oh, Mike McCarthy, we got to go to him and well, you know, we'll get Sean Payton. Why would Sean Payton step into that? He doesn't need the money. He And he's already got a Super Bowl ring. Why would he step into that dysfunction? Here's what's going to happen when you fire Mike McCarthy, which I think you will. And, and, I, and again, I don't think he's done a good job, but he's not the problem. But here's what's going to happen. You're going you're gonna to end up hiring... Kellen Moore, and we're going to have Jason Garrett 2.0 coaching the Cowboys, and he'll be he'll be the uh, the head coach for ten years, and it'll be you know mostly nine and eight. You'll have a couple years where boop, you'll go up and you'll give the fans false hope, but it's going to be the same cycle that we saw with Jason Garrett. That's the Jones family model of the Dallas Cowboys, and that's what it's been the last thirty years. So could they could they bubble up and beat the Bengals? Maybe, because I'm not sold on them. But does it matter? It doesn't matter. They're going to disappoint in the end. That's the Dallas Cowboy way of with the Jones family in charge. So, yeah. I'll still watch, like I said, and I said this last season, I'm still going to watch them. 
I'll still get excited when they win, but I'm going to know in the back of my mind it's coming. The disappointment is coming of the Dallas Cowboys because that is the Jerry – it's not just the Jerry Jones. That's the Jones family way of running the Dallas Cowboys. But they got pretty artwork, everybody. They got their official crypto. Uh, the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders are always on TV. But Super Bowl wins, <laughs> getting to even the championship game of the NFC, <laughs> good luck with all that. So, yeah. Let's talk, uh, before I take, my, uh, take a break and we get into our listener questions, just general um, observations from week one of the NFL. Um, very clearly, the AFC is, I mean, that's where the Super Bowl champion is going to come from. All of you, the best teams are in the AFC. I mean, I've already talked about the Chargers and the Chiefs, the Bills. I mean, they've looked incredible so far. I think those three are your top three contenders. Certainly, I think Baltimore is probably better than any NFC team. Tennessee's baffling to me. I mean, how do you lose to the New York Giants? But I think they're going to have a little bit of a fall this year. Um, and, you know, they'll get they'll make the playoffs, but... You know, I, I think they made a mistake in not upgrading um, from Ryan Tannehill. Good news, though, for Tennessee is Indianapolis didn't look much much better either. Um, they, they, they got themselves to a tie with the Texans. So the AFC South may be who's, who, uh, who, really, uh, who really wants it, who's going to back into winning that division. It's going to be either Houston – or no, it's not going to be Houston, excuse me. It's either going to be Tennessee or in, Indy. But um, both of them look terrible. Um, but fortunate for them, they've got Jacksonville and, and um, Houston in their division. Um, NFC, who knows? Uh, everybody's kind of jumping on the Minnesota train. I'm, I'm not ready to do that. They may, they may get themselves a wild card. I'm not even sold on that. But, you know, remember... This is Green. This is Green Bay's habit. They lay an egg week one, and then they reel off a bunch of wins, but then they disappoint in the playoffs. That's that's the Green Bay Aaron Rodgers model. So I wouldn't be hitting the panic button if I'm a Green Bay fan, and I certainly probably wouldn't be crowning um, the Minnesota Vikings just yet. Um, but you know, it could break for Tampa Bay, and that's that's why I picked them in the in the Super Bowl. Um, my Super Bowl picks. Um, if I had to do it over again, I probably would pick them to win it. But I think they've got a. I think they've got a very solid chance to get themselves the Super Bowl because I, I the NFC. There's who's going to do it. Um, certainly the Rams might maybe, but I think it's hard to get. It's hard to get back to the Super Bowl in back to back years. Um, but yeah, the NFC is going to be. NFC is going to be interesting to watch to see who 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 is going to take hold and win it. AFC is going to be interesting to watch just because you've got you've got three four teams that are just really really good, and who's gonna who's gonna come out standing at the end? So, all right, we're gonna go ahead and take a break, and when we get back, when we come back, it will be time for listener questions. And welcome back to this week's edition of the Chris Carpenter Show. It is now time for listener questions and two ways to ask questions for this show. Number one, make sure you are following me on the official Twitter of the Chris Carpenter Show, which is at the C Carp Show. Also, make sure you are following the official TikTok 
of The Chris Carpenter Show, which is just simply The Chris Carpenter Show. So let's jump into it. And lots of good questions this week. And let's jump on into it. We've got Mark from New Deal. What are your early season observations for the NFL? With Dak out for a while, who do you think will win that division now? So I kind of covered that a little bit in the last segment. But yeah, early season observations, just uh, again, to recap, I think the AFC, obviously the better conference, Um, Chargers, Chiefs, Bills, I think one of those three is probably going to be your AFC champion. I'm still leaning Bills right now, um, but the Chiefs looked good. Um, NFC, it's going to be wide open, um, but I'm still I'm still going to keep my pick right now of Tampa Bay, kind of coming out of that heap. And again, I think that's what it's going to be. It's just you know the NFC. I don't think you have a really solid team this year that can that can beat Chargers, the Chargers, the Chiefs, or the Bills in a Super Bowl. Um, so, But I, I think Tampa Bay comes out of it. The Dak injury, yeah, I, I, like I said, I think the Cowboys are done. I think the best option is to tank, but I think Jerry's not going to let him tank. And so you'll probably end up finishing with maybe five, six wins, <laughs> maybe. I, I mean, I personally, let's go 0-17, get the number one draft pick, and kind of go from there, you know. Um, but... I think it's I think it's obviously Philadelphia but by default. I think they win the NFC East. I'm not sold on the Commanders or the Giants, you know. And Philadelphia, because the NFC is so wide open, they got a shot to go to the Super Bowl. Um, you know, I just I think if you're in the playoffs in the NFC, though any of those seven teams will have a legitimate shot of getting themselves in the Super Bowl. I just think it's so even amongst the NFC. But yeah, I think certainly Philadelphia is probably your your favorite to win the NFC East now, and you know, cow the Cowboys could finish at the bottom. I don't know. I think it's going to be between them and the Commanders um, to get themselves who's going to finish at the bottom. You know, and like I said, if I had my druthers, blow it up, tank this season, get get a high draft pick, and start building the team that way. You know, and Zeke, bye bye, you're done. Go, Pollard, you've done well, but I'm not re-signing a running back to another contract. So he's gone, and go from there. So next question, we've got Ramon from – okay, we're not going to read that question. Uh, Yeah, you send me a a question that it's inappropriate, I don't read it. So Ramon, no. Um, Vince from Whiteface, do you think Culver's NBA career is essentially done? I think this is his make or break year. I think he's got to show something. Um, But I don't think he's going to get that opportunity. So I think he will, I think he will last on the Atlanta Hawks G league roster contract for this year. And then I think it's, it's probably over. That's not necessarily a bad thing for Culver. I think basketball is still in his future Certainly he can I think he could go play overseas and you know I think certainly he probably could come back to Texas Tech and and take on a role in the basketball program. I think he you know I Jarrett Culver is for all for everything I've observations I've seen of him and you know his family especially I think you know th- these are good people and and you know Culver 
has been a great person, has given back to the Lubbock community, comes back, does camps. I think there's going to be multitudes of opportunities for him beyond the NBA. And I'm not going to label him, oh, he was a bust because he didn't make it. Because it's hard to make it in the NBA. The NBA game is so different than the college game. That's why you don't that's why you don't see what you saw back in the 80s where you saw or 70s and 80s where you saw successful college basketball players make that transition. I mean, Christian Leitner, he didn't make that transition. Bobby Hurley didn't make that transition. Successful players in college. Look at your last few national champions. How many of those players made the transition to being a successful NBA star? Not very many. And so I think I think Culver will be fine. Like I said, I think overseas um, pro opportunities are there for him if he wants to go in that direction. But I think he could come back and, you know, come back and be a coach too and be extremely successful um, no matter what he does. But, yeah, I think this is probably – this is the last stop on the NBA for him um, in Atlanta. And, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. So, Amy from Brownfield, which Big 12 coaches have impressed you this far into the season? Which ones have been disappointments? So, um, Chris Kleiman at Kansas State, they've been extremely impressive so far. I think they're going to be, I think they're going to finish higher than even my my preseason predictions um, had them. I think I had them at fifth. I think I think they could get to that top three, depending on um, how other things break out in in those um, upper echelon standings. So certainly, I would I would put Chris Kleiman. I'm extremely impressed by him. Joey McGuire. I would. I'm, I've been extremely impressed. That game against Houston, the way that it went down. I think if Matt Wells, Cliff Kingsbury, Tommy Tuberville. We're coaching, maybe even Mike Leach coaching that game. Tech doesn't win. You know, that that was a game that that Tech in the past decade would have lost. And we would have been weeping and gnashing of our teeth about, how could you lose that game? Um, but McGuire, I think, has already built a culture in that Texas Tech locker room that – allows for that for those players to break through and win games like that I mean they honestly let's be honest they kind of stole that game last week against Houston Houston should have won and Houston you know made some boneheaded decisions um starting with their coach that enabled Texas Tech to take advantage and win but I, th- I think Joey McGuire has has already started to build a culture at Tech that's going to allow them to win games like that so I've been impressed with him thus far um I hate to say it, I've been impressed by TCU. I don't hate to say it because I like Sonny Dykes, but you know TCU's been you know they've been bozos all summer with Tech, but you know they've they've taken care of business thus far. Now they've played a pretty cupcake schedule. Colorado, one of the worst uh, Power Five conference teams, and then Tarleton. I mean, how long have they had a football program? You know, but they've gotten it done. So I would say Sonny Dykes, Lance Leopold at Kansas. Been impressed by him, you know, getting getting yourselves uh, to you know two and zero, winning winning a winning against West Virginia the way you did, um, and then he's got an opportunity today against Houston. We'll see what happens. So I think certainly I'm, I've been impressed with him. You know, Mike Gundy, they they do Oklahoma State's done what they normally do. They get themselves wins. 
Um, so I would probably put him – I mean, it's really more expected than anything. You know, coaches that I think have been disappointments in the Big 12 thus far, Neil Brown. But it, is that a surprise to me? No. Um, like I said at the beginning of the season in our preview show, I think this is Neil Brown's last year at West Virginia. And it's it, – not looking good right now. You know, you still you still have got a game against Virginia Tech coming up that I don't think you win. And if you struggle against Tulsa today, that's not going to be a good thing for uh, West Virginia. Other disappointments, I not really. I mean, you know, Matt Campbell, they've done what they what they've normally done. You know, Dave Aranda, yeah, they lost against BYU, but I think BYU is just a really solid team and I think Baylor's going to be a really solid team this year as well. So, I mean, I, I don't view that as a disappointment. It's just you had two very good teams go at it, and BYU came out on top with an impressive win. But I think if you played that game ten times, I think I think it would be five, five to five at the end of the day. I think that was just a very, very good game, but I think those two teams are pretty even with each other. Um who am I missing? Um, Steve Sarkeesian. Yeah, I, I would. I guess I'd put him a little bit. I'm, I hate to say it. I've been impressed by it by him. I, I really thought they'd get blown out by Alabama. That didn't happen. Um, so we'll see. We'll see if they could. They continue that. They've got a quarterback issue now with uh, with uh, Quinn Ewers being out, and it sounds like Hudson Card's going to be out as well. So we'll see. But Sarkeesian, I think. His seat's cooled a little bit, but it's Texas, and you start losing a bunch of games, and you've got Gary Patterson there. It could warm up very quickly, but yeah, he's been he's been impressive too. Uh, Brent Venables, Oklahoma, yeah, I mean they've won. I mean, but who have they played? And I I still think that whole thing with Kale Gundy it just it leaves a bad taste in my mouth with Brent Venables, and so I don't. I'm not impressed by him. They're going to win a bunch of games because they're Oklahoma, but at some point, I think that's going to. I think that Brent. I think the marriage is going to go sour um, with them. So I don't think I'm missing anybody. Have I? Have I? I think I've talked about all of them. So yeah, that's that's kind of my litany of of thoughts on the Big Twelve coaches thus far. So. All right, next question, we've got Nancy from Olton talking about Jazz Gardner. Jazz Gardner is set to announce his college decision in a couple weeks. Most experts say it's down to Tech and Dayton. Do you think Tech will be able to land the big man? I think absolutely they've got a shot. Um, it's If he chooses to go somewhere else, if he chooses to go to Dayton, it's because he wants to go to Dayton, not because – you know, he views Tech as inferior to Dayton. Again, the Texas Tech basketball program, I think, you know, you're considered to be in the big dogs now. You've got the facilities. You've got the home home court. You've got the fan base. You've got the success in the NCAA tournament. I don't think there's any reason that you can't land anybody that you want at Texas Tech. It's now a matter of, do you really want to land certain people? You know, like Bronny James. If Mark Adams wanted him, I think I think Mark Adams could get him. I personally don't want him. I don't want LeBron have, be having any sort of power at Texas Tech basketball. But, 
yeah, I think, yeah, certainly I think you can land Jazz Gardner. Absolutely. I think there's enough positives of this Texas Tech basketball program that if I'm a if I'm a high quality high school basketball player, absolutely tech's gonna be on my list. So that'll be interesting interesting to see what happens with that. So all right. We've got uh we got a few more. Bobby from Tallahassee is Florida is Florida State back? Um I don't know about that. Back what do you mean by back? Are they back like to where they're going to contend for the ACC title and go to the playoff? I don't think so. They should go to a bowl this year. Um, I think they're they're maybe going to be in the middle of the pack with the ACC. Maybe maybe a little bit in the upper half of it. Just depends. You know, it's interesting to me that Florida State kind of fell off the way they did. It's not it's not a Nebraska fall off. But yeah, they had a they've had a bad few years, and I think it was a combination of bad coaching hires and you know Clemson kind of took the reins of the ACC and have been running with it. But yeah, I depends on what you mean by back. No, they're not gonna they're not gonna contend for the playoffs, but you know they'll make a bowl game certainly. So all right, uh, people in Putnam, in Putnam, Texas, lock your doors or rental is there. And he is asking, who would you put on your Heisman watch list right now? I'm going to be really honest with you. I pay very little attention to the Heisman, the whole Heisman trophy thing. I mean, yeah, it's a cool honor. But the hype in September about, well, they're on the list for the Heisman. I think it's a bit silly. It's, it's, it's an ESPN-created hype machine. And I don't get into it that much. So I'm just going to throw out some names, possibly. And I may be off base. I think certainly probably C.J. Stroud at Ohio State. He's probably on the Heisman list right now. Uh, Bryce Young, possibly. I think what hurts him is he's already won it. And I don't think they're going to – I think they're going to be very reluctant to have a back-to-back Heisman winner again. Caleb Williams, yeah, he hasn't really played a lot of competition yet, but I think certainly if Caleb Williams continues to put up the numbers he's putting up at USC, he's got a chance to win the Heisman. You know, those would be the three I, I would definitely think of. Possibly, yeah, they're doing well. Bijan Robinson at Texas, I think he could be a dark horse if um, he continues to put up numbers. I don't think he'll win. I think it's going to be a quarterback that ends up winning, but certainly cut you know, probably could get an invite. So that's kind of the people I see right now potentially um, in on the Heisman. But again, I don't pay attention to it that much. But so, all right, last question. We got a question from Old Rock from College Station. And Old Rock wants to know, what are my thoughts on the whole A&M Midnight Yell um, controversy that came out this week? Well, I have been talking to Old Rock lately, and a little bit of background for those of you that maybe don't know. So, Midnight Yell is a Texas A&M tradition that they do before every football game. It's basically a pep rally to fire up the Aggie fans, and they usually tell a bunch of dumb jokes about their opponent. I actually attended a Midnight Yell back in 2008 when I went to a... Texas Tech, Texas A&M game. By the way, Tech won. It's the last win they've had against A&M. But so I was there. 
it, and, and I mean, yeah, I mean, they told a bunch of jokes about tech. They were like, Texas Tech College. And they were trying to imply that tech is some sort of like inferior university to their, you know, ivory towers down there in College Station. You know, it's, 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 it's goofy. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you a big Chris Carpenter secret right now. For a lot of my life, going back to junior high, high school, I was an A&M fan. Oh, huge secret, I know. Here's why I was an A&M fan. I was really involved in band, and I thought, man, I want to be in the Corps of Cadets. That's the coolest band ever. So for many, many years, I was an A&M fan. And even when I moved to Lubbock, I kind of still liked A&M over Tech. And then I go down to this college station game, and I go to Midnight Yellow. And that's when any association fandom with Texas A&M ended because it's like a cult. And the Midnight Yell is their moment where they drink the Kool-Aid. It's insane. Um, from the off the wood, they, they yell that from the banging of the trash cans, from the weird like whoop and and all that. It's weird. And it doesn't surprise me. Yeah, they told some really dumb jokes about Appalachian State. Again, they did, they've done that before. They made fun of Texas Tech, and they kept saying Texas Tech College, and then they made they made the you know the jokes that everybody makes about Lubbock, you know, wind and tumbleweeds and blah blah blah, you know. Which I, I'm just gonna say it. College Station isn't some paradise either, but neither here nor there. Here's my thoughts on the whole controversy. <laughs> That's what Midnight Yell is. It's been like that for years. And it's funny. It, what's funny to me is AM's response to it, that they just freaked out. And they were, they were like reporting people on Twitter, filing copyright claims. I mean, you fools were the ones that were dumb enough to put it on YouTube. It wasn't like, like someone illegally filmed the Midnight Yell. <laughs> you fools were the ones that put it up there. I mean, it's the most aggy thing ever that they want to get they want to get so huffy and puffy about something that they put out that people finally saw and were like, "Huh, this is kind of weird." Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> but it it did it doesn't surprise me. Nothing nothing that I saw in that midnight yell thing surprised me. That's a And M to a T, and that's who they are. And it's gonna be it's gonna be really fun as a tech fan to watch them and Texas snipe at each other, duke it out. Who's gonna get sixth place in the SEC West? I mean, it's gonna be fun. Who's gonna get that all important berth to the Gasparilla Bowl? <laughs> That's what it's gonna boil down to. But no, it's. That's that's what Midnight Yell's been for however long they've had it. So I'm sure this week they made all sorts of tacky jokes about Miami. And I hope I hope that they lose today and we're able to see it on YouTube again. That would be really fun, old rock. So, all right, we're going to go ahead and take our break. 
And when we come back, we'll we will have the Chris Carpenter tip of the week. And welcome back to this week's edition of the Chris Carpenter Show. It is now time for the Chris Carpenter tip of the week. And my tip of the week deals with how do you handle drama, whether it be drama at home, drama in your workplace, drama with your friends. Biggest piece of advice I can give you is you take care of your own business and don't allow yourself to fall into drama um, that doesn't concern you. I love this phrase and I use this phrase a lot in my life. Not my monkey, not my circus. I love that phrase and I think if you have that mindset of not my monkey, not my circus, you will steer yourself clear of a lot of unnecessary drama in your life. Don't allow other people's dramas and shenanigans to suck you in. You do you. You take care of your circus and you let other people take care of their circuses. So that's going to do it for this regular edition week of the Chris Carpenter show. Like I said, the plan is I'm going to come back on later tonight with the recap show um, after the Texas Tech NC State game. So watch for that on your podcast feed. And then I will broadcast a new episode next Saturday um, of the Chris Carpenter show. I'm not sure timing wise how it's going to work. Um, I've got a Actually, I have to go get pants in Lubbock next week, dress pants. So that's – you probably don't you probably don't care to hear about that. But So um, my schedule is going to be a little, you know, janky on Saturday. And then Tech, tech plays at 2.30 on Saturday. So you may not get a, a bonus recap episode next week. I may just roll the recap into the – game um, into my normal episode for next week. So just stay tuned. Subscribe to the Chris Carpenter show on whatever podcast platform you use, and then you'll, you'll get the episodes when they come in. So hope everybody has a great week, and I will see you later on tonight for a Texas Tech NC State recap here on the Chris Carpenter show.